Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Albion Obsessed. Um, not your usual host today. I am filling in for Tom, um, just, you know, as it goes. Um, so we'll talk about yesterday's game versus Norwich, which, um, you know, I thought was a, a good performance, uh, but didn't quite get the result. But first, I will introduce our guest today. Um, so starting off with Chloe. Welcome. How are you, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. Thanks. How are you? Yes, very well. Thank you. Very well. Uh, and Curtis, you, I know you were at the game yesterday. Was that a good experience? It was. Yeah. Yeah. My second time there and uh, just as just as good. Would have been nicer to get a win, obviously, but it was good. And Aaron, unfortunately, you weren't at the game. Unfortunately, you might not be as passionate today, but, uh, you know, people, if, if you didn't know, unfortunately, Aaron has had the COVID catch up to him. But how, how are you feeling, Aaron? How did you feel about the game yesterday? Yeah, I'm, uh, disappointing, really. Um, but yes, I am uh, riddled with COVID and it's not enjoyable. So I'm going to be very subdued compared to my normal self. And, and that's understandable, of course. Uh, if if you're in the camp that has had COVID, you'll understand the energy that Aaron's going through at the moment. And to, to add another disappointing Brighton result is probably not what Aaron needed today or yesterday. Um, well, I think we should just uh, kick off straight away just talking about the game itself before I ask some uh, questions that I've prepared you all with. Um, so, Chloe, what, what did you think went wrong? How, what, how do you think we couldn't score and, and uh, why didn't we get the result yesterday? Um... We just weren't clinical enough, really, were we? Um, there was a lot of sort of wayward shots from outside the box. It was like any time anyone got anyone near the box, the crowd just said, shoot, and far too often they did, and it just went over or sideways. Or And I feel like we tried to attack a lot in the same ways, and it didn't necessarily pay off. A lot of crosses into the box and no one was there. Um, I think our... We did. He did make a couple of good saves, Crow. I'll give him that. There was, um, I think, two saves he made when it's like, oh, we don't need that right now. We don't need to, to come across someone making good saves because we really need to just get that goal. And I think, I think when you're not scoring, you sort of need to just get a goal and then it sort of lifts that pressure because I do think there is a lot of pressure now to score, which probably is also some of the reason why... Um, Mope missed that penalty I think I think there was a lot of pressure on him for that and um, unfortunately he's not the kind of player that necessarily does well under pressure I don't think so yeah but yeah we just didn't put the ball in the back of the net so that's the most important thing and it's the thing that we couldn't do yeah, and I think, as you rightly state, the pressure is exacerbated at home, which is why I think that we look an awful lot worse at home at the moment uh, than we do away. I mean, I think our most recent goal away was Newcastle, uh, dunk header, if I'm not mistaken. And our recent one at home, I think, was in January, maybe, against Chelsea. I think probably was the last one. Um, well, Curtis, coming to you, obviously, normally you take a different approach watching on telly, hearing what the commentators say. Um, you were at the game uh, uh, yesterday. I really hope it was a good experience again. I didn't feel like it was too hostile, the crowd. I thought there was a lot of backing the boys yesterday until the final whistle. Uh, what, what was your thoughts on the game being there? Uh, I thought it was actually a really good game uh, for for the most part. We looked, uh, you know, fresh. Um, you know, I I thought that there were large chunks of the game where we were 
dominating in areas and, and things like that. Uh, but again, it's, you, can, you can have as much domination as you want. You can have as much possession as you want, but it's what you do with with all of that. I think we had um, got like 28 shots on, 28 shots or something silly like that. And we only got like, I can't remember how many on target, but it was a ridiculous number. Um, but unfortunately, it's um, just sort of more of the same, isn't it? You know, um, and I, I sort of agree, agree with what Chloe was was saying. You know, like when, when there isn't goals, it's uh, that the pressure is is really on. Um, but overall, being there, it was a good experience and everything, as it always seems to be. Um, and what what was quite nice was when Ope was subbed off, he got like you know a round of applause and singing at him and stuff because he looked so dejected and so upset and stuff and. Yeah, it's 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 tough. I can imagine it's tough when that's what you're supposed to do and you just can't get them in. So, yeah, yeah, and, and as I've said before, I think um, a lot of fans went there with the mentality yesterday of really backing the boys. It was probably our best chance at three points for the rest of the season. Um, it really felt around me like it wasn't as hostile as it usually been. I mean, the atmosphere still wasn't there. But it wasn't as hostile as it usually is around me. Uh, in the North Stand, it's normally quite critical. There's normally a few arguments in between fans and stuff when we're not doing well. But there was none of that. It was just getting behind the boys. It was really lovely to see uh, Mope get that appreciation as he was going off the pitch. I don't think, you know, a missed penalty is a big chance. But I don't think it's a, it's a make or break for, for anyone. I think penalties do have a 70% scored rate or something. So there is going to be that 30% at, at some point. Um, but we'll, we'll move to you, the main man now, Aaron. We know your thoughts on it. You've, you've been uh, popping off in the WhatsApp, as it were. Um, you were watching from the telly yesterday. How did it look there? Did we look any better on telly? I mean, we looked all right, but it doesn't really matter if we don't score. You can play the you can play boss in a under Pep esque sort of football. Don't score, you don't win. No, even. Even when we had all 31 shots we had yesterday, 31 shots and four on target. And Krull made, like I said, maybe one or two. The header from Verton was a superb save. Other than that, he had very little to do. And this is the issue again. It's just the same problem we have year after year after year. You don't score, you don't win games. You don't win games, you go down. I'm not saying we're going to go down. We had a fantastic start to the season. We're lucky we had a fantastic start to the season. But our home form is the fourth worst in the Premier League. You know, the, home is where the heart is. You, you build performances at the Amex. You know, that's where you get the most goals, the most wins. Ten goals we've got this year. It's just not good enough. It's just not good enough. It's gone too stale. And I said this numerous times, it's just gone stale. It's all well and good playing nice football. The, what matters is that scoreline at, at the end of the 90 minutes. Nil-nil against a team we've conceded, I've got a goal in was a minus 45, and we've scored no goals against him in 100-odd minutes, or 180 or 60 minutes, where it is. It's just not good enough. That, to me, is really not good enough. Like, we were lucky to get anything at uh, Carrow Road. They battered us. And we battered Dane Este, but they could have quite easily gone and won it. 
Like, without a doubt, they could have quite easily gone and won it. They had a couple of chances. Nothing, like, major. But, they, you know, it'd be typical Brighton if we did lose yesterday. Like, it, w- it wouldn't have surprised me. <coughs> and I don't think we'll... We won't... I can't see us picking up many other points this year, personally. Because, we, again, we, can't, we can't score. <laughs> we just we just can't score. But that's, that's my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Picking up on what you just said there about the running, uh, I'm going to go off the top of my head. I think it's Southampton, then it's Arsenal, Tottenham City. I think maybe there's Wolves in there as well, and West Ham, Man United. I think I think that's the rest of our games, and and none yeah, of those, as you say, Aaron. We've got uh, yeah, Arsenal, City, Tottenham, then Southampton, Wolves, West Ham, United, etc. <coughs> but none of them, none, none of them, you could sit and go, oh, you know, we can. Especially the next three games is going to be going to be a difficult sort of you know going up to the Etihad is a horrible place to go to at the best of times. Um, be be, be like a free hit, I guess. And yeah, the Emirates. I, I... We obviously have quite a good record, reasonably good record at the Emirates. We don't. We seem to play quite well at the Emirates, to be fair. Um, um but Arsenal come into a good run of form. Tottenham, the Tottenham, you just don't know what you're going to get. <clears throat> and then we got the teams such, you know, Southampton, Leeds, Wolves, where, you know, we could pick up something. Uh, I just, I, I just don't really see it personally. I, I'm, I'm not really this sort of uh, <coughs> negative, but the last two games has been, yeah, I'm just getting a bit, not fed up, but just a bit, what's, what's the point? Like we just play wonderful football and don't score. It's not like, you can't even you can't even blame you can't even blame Neil for it. You can't blame anyone for it. And that's the thing. You can't point the fingers. You've got to now look somewhere deeper. You now what are we doing Monday to Friday? What are we are we are we, are we having finished? Are we you know you know you've got a, a well fantastic right back as our striker coach for starters. <coughs> you know you, you want you sure you want an actual attacker to show how to score right? Am I wrong? But no, you're, this, you're this absolutely is, right. Yeah, this is the thing: is I don't, I don't get why people <coughs> people are saying, "Oh, yeah, but no, we play, the performance is better." It was, don't get me wrong, but again, we didn't win, and oh, granted, yeah, we didn't lose. You know, they're, they're, we finally stopped the rot of losing. But when you pinpoint games in the season, you pinpoint the likes of Norwich. <clears throat> the likes of Norwich, the likes of you know, Brentford, Burnley, the games you pick up points from. Yeah, we picked up six from uh, from Brentford. We picked up two from, from Norwich, which, to be fair, was lucky just to, you know, could have quite easily been one if they beat us at Carrow Road. It's just, yeah, it just is what it is, to be honest. I just I think we're, we got to the point now, I don't think we're going to go down, so I don't think the players particularly care at the precise moment. They just want to just get get the season done with and we'll go again next year. But it's just disappointing from where we were. February, you know, we got an outside chance to push a Euro. And now we're looking like we have no idea what's going on. Like we just look. Confidence is such a massive thing in football. And the start of the season, we had it. We saw we had it. We were getting luck, lucky chances, you know, Scoring like God knows how many goals it was in the 90th minute. 
and you know, picking up wins, picking up points. And it seems like all that luck is uh has sort of run out, the, the confidence is gone. I don't know if you know it, yeah, I just don't, don't know. I don't think more pace should have taken a penny anyway on yesterday, just because he's so short confidence. It's not fair on him. It's not it wasn't fair on him. And it wasn't you know, it wasn't a great penalty, obviously, because it's well over. But give it to someone who's actually in the form, like McAllister or Trossard, because they actually Trossard was fantastic in the week for Bell. He's flying with confidence. Give it to him. McAllister made his competitive debut for Argentina. He'd be buzzing. Give it to him. You know, just understand Neil obviously thought, you know, best way of getting a goal from the penalty spot. You know, get that goal, get your confidence back. <coughs> but it just wasn't to be. This wasn't to be. I think the problem with that as well is if you are risky and try and get that confidence from the penalty spot, if you miss it, I think it goes down even worse. Um, I can only imagine what what he's feeling right now. And, I, I you know, I, I don't, like I say, penalties are a lottery and you cannot um, blame anyone for, for them and I, I'm not going to sit there and blame. I, I turned around and I, I didn't. I didn't watch the penalty, so I didn't see how far it was over or anything like that. But as I say, I don't. I don't think that you can blame anyone for a penalty. What What I'll do is I'll move to. Uh, I'll just go go in random order. So I'll, I'll move to Curtis. I'm going to come in with a hard hitting question on the back of what Aaron has just said. Uh, what are we doing Monday to Friday? What What What's going on? Um, the hard hitting question is simply. How long does does Potter have? Uh, we've spoken about it before. Football is a results-based business. How long does Potter have? How long does he keep this credibility of being this incredible amazement of a manager that's come out of the blue? How long does he become, you know, he, he, I think he's probably regarded as one of the better English managers at the moment. So, so yeah, how, how long does he keep that before, um, you know, with, with these bad results? Uh, I don't have the answers to that. I mean, um, I think the summer is going to be a really important one for him. See how we do in the window and things like that. I think that's going to be like a, a defining aspect for us going forward. I mean, I, I was talking to Joe about this yesterday. I was saying like, when when do we have to ask questions? Like realistically, you know? Because um, I'm most certainly not Potter out. I would just want to make that categorically clear right but like i said i, f- I feel like the the window the, you know the, the summer and everything that's that's going to be important and how he does there and how the club support him in that i think will be imperative so and uh chloe before i bring the same question to you um Gen- genuinely, I'm, I'm not Potter out, and I, I don't think I could be, at least not for another half of next season. Um, but I am starting to question in my own head, is he as good as we crack him out to be? Or is he just a bit of a... Like, he, he does very well in the interviews to make it seem like he knows what he might be doing quite a lot. But now I am starting to question whether or not some of these decisions that he's making and and some of the ways that we're not scoring and whatnot, does, does he actually know, you, you know, I'll bring the same question to you anyway, Chloe. What do you think? How long has he got before we can start asking these questions? Um, well, I think, you know, we've got him till the end of the season now. Like, there's not really much point, I don't think, in changing a manager at this stage. So I think I think this, this summer is going to be really important for us. Um, 
I'm almost sort of looking forward to the summer already because this season just feels like a bit of a write-off now. Um, I do think goal scoring seems to be a problem which sort of transcends managers. Like we we've, we've struggled with goals for a while. Like, um, and I don't. I'm not too sure why that is. I don't necessarily think it's just on one player. We don't have enough strikers. You know, we've what have we got? We got Welbeck and Mope basically now, and Trossard sort of sort of well he's a forward he's not a striker but um so that's definitely an area we're light on and I do think Mope needs another striker alongside him and I think I think Welbeck can play well I think when Welbeck plays better Mope plays better I think when they're both on form together they can you know they can look quite threatening but I just don't know what the goal scoring problem is I think we don't get enough goals from around the rest of the field I mean wingbacks wingbacks for other clubs they do get your goal and I'm not talking you know I'm not expecting them to get 10 goals a season but if you've got them chipping in two or three each you've got some of the midfielders getting a couple each just a few here and there I think would probably ease the pressure on Mope so then he'd probably be finishing some of those chances as well and probably getting more goals so I, I don't really know what the answer is but I do think I don't know. I don't know if it's Potter. I am having my doubts, I can't lie. One thing, um, I, I really hate to say this, but seeing um, Vieira at Palace and how well he's doing in his first season there, and with Potter, it's like, oh, it's a project, it's a project. And I get that. But when are we actually going to start seeing some progress? Because I thought this season we were, but it seems like we've just taken another 10 steps backwards all of a sudden. So... I, I don't know what the answer is. Um, obviously, I think this summer is important for us. Well, here's one thing as well um, that was a big topic throughout the week on Brighton Twitter. Uh, a couple of training videos came out um, where no one was smiling. And I think everyone made a big deal of that. I don't think, you know, if I go into work and I'm sat there on my computer and I'm typing away, and someone comes in and they're like, you're not smiling, mate. What are you doing? You don't like the job. <laughs> I, I think I would be, I think I would be quite annoyed at that because actually I'm just, I'm focused. I'm getting down and working hard, but maybe there is a question to be raised about whether or not Potter has lost the dressing room. Um, I know Joe obviously posted a lot of pictures of players smiling, ironically from the same training video, uh, which is really great to see. I don't, I I don't think that there's some deep-rooted issue, but I wonder if maybe there's a part of the dressing room there that's just turning away a little bit from Potter. Uh, Aaron, I'm going to come to you first on that one because we haven't heard from you in a little while, so I'll, I'll bring you up. I hope you don't mind. No worries. Um, no, I don't... I don't I lost the dressing room to the right sort of wording, to be fair. I think people are start, starting to doubt maybe his some of his decisions, I guess you could say, maybe. So, of, you know, it's so difficult to explain. I don't think he's lost the dressing room, but I feel like there's something not quite right, and I don't know what it is. I can't pinpoint the reason why people don't look like they're enjoying their football. There's not enjoying the training sessions. 
you enjoy the training session, then obviously you take that into the game and you enjoy playing. If you win, you enjoy playing. If you don't, it's hard. It's hard to. Natural. You know, if you're having a, a shit week or crap couple of months at work, you know, you're not going to be happy. Your performances aren't going to be great. It's just a nat- natural thing in anyone's job, anyone around the world. And being a, in the spotlight that professional footballers are, it gets p- picked up and more. Um, I'm having my doubts about Potter. I said this after the Burnley game because you can't get outplayed by Burnley like that. Like you can't. They're saying this. You just can't. It's fucking Burnley for fuck's sake. You know. And you know, no disrespect to Burnley. You don't expect them to come to the Amex and play us off the park. And you know, even against even against Liverpool, it was one of those. Oh, you know, yeah, we've done okay. It's like we only lost with two nil. Like yeah, but we didn't play well. <laughs> it's like oh yeah, but it was only two. It's like yeah, it's true, it was only two, but it could have quite easily been three or four before the break. And again, Tottenham masters of our own downfall again. You know, we actually, I thought we actually looked okay against Tottenham. To be honest, I thought we were at the, at the, the running we looked all right. And then obviously the international break and yesterday. And in those games, I don't really remember a, a, like a golden opportunity to actually score. No, I don't remember. Yesterday was the first time I thought, oh, yeah, the penalty is, is a great opportunity to score. <clears throat> and I just don't know what – it's annoying because I just don't – I can't slay something that I don't know. Like, I think it's wrong with me if I go, yeah, Potts is definitely the issue. You know, he, the fan, you know, the fans are turning on him. You know, the players are turning their backs on him. They don't care. They don't like his sessions. I generally don't know. But something's not right, and I don't know what it is. And, you know, for me personally, like I said, I I have doubts of Potter. I'm getting annoyed at his press conferences now after the game because it's always the same stuff. It's always the same quotes over and over and over again. It's like, yeah, we played well, you know. It's a, a lot better performance. Yeah, it was. We didn't win. It's like, you know, goals, again, I said this like seven times already today, goals win games. If you, I'd rather, I think, Tom, Johan Cruyff to quote, which is, <coughs> results without quality are boring, but quality, quality without results is points. You know? And if you can't, if you're not winning, you know, not winning games, but playing well, it doesn't matter, it's pointless. So that, that's that's most my opinion on it all. Um, I'm probably yeah. off shortly because I'm not feeling great. No worries, mate. No worries. Um, following on, obviously, from what what um, Aaron's saying there about about goals, win games. Joanne uh, Cruyff quote. Um, I I I think, for, at least for me, a lot of a lot of the um, the issues that I have with my you know, my willingness to create atmosphere does come from goals. You've got to admit that, you know, the, the Amex is louder after we've scored. It is for any team in the country. Um, do we think that simply just... have If, if we started next season with a, with a 4-0 win, does that improve the atmosphere at the Amex for the rest of the season? Because we never really get a 4-0 win. We never really get a big win like that. It's always sort of a 1-0, 2-1, 2-0. We don't really branch out much further than that in the Premier League. Do you think that that's the solution? We just need to go and try and absolutely batter a team the same way Burnley did to us? I mean, yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, 
you start picking up points and stuff and that will bring back some some fire in people in my opinion and it's going to make people believe again and stuff like that listen i i'm very i'm a i try to be a very positive person when it comes to the football i'm always in the group chat like yeah we've got to be positive we've got to do this and stuff and really inside i'm dying all right i want to make you aware of that um because like it's hard it's hard it's so difficult but we 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 have to try because if we don't we'll just we'll just jump off a cliff most likely so um but we've just got to yeah we, we've got to push and then hopefully the results will come so because then, then that will just as i say reignite the fire and bring back the passion hopefully so yeah, I mean, one thing as well that is common with, with pretty much all clubs, I, I'd say maybe except for Man City and Liverpool, is that they go through tough periods throughout a season. That's something that you can't avoid in football. In, in my opinion, I don't think there's any way you can avoid something like that. Even in, you know, Arsenal's unbeatable. I'm sure they went on a span of a few draws and they were thinking, oh, maybe we're going to start losing soon. But so be it. We, you know, you, you go you go on a bad run every now and then. What can Brighton, Potter, the players, what can they do um, to get fans back on side that's not necessarily on the pitch? I'll, I'll come to you first, Chloe, on that one. Um, I'm not too sure, to be honest. I think... I think, you know off the pitch from what I've seen the players you know they're quite good they there's loads always loads of people writing for autographs and stuff and you know most of them you know quite engaged with the fans and I remember after the um I think it was after the Burnley game I got a picture with um Moda and that made me really happy and I'm like yeah you're one of my favorite players now because you stopped for a picture um and I think that definitely makes people want to support them more when they see things like that um I don't know how off the pitch they can I don't know I don't I don't really know what fans want a lot of the time because I feel like if they you know come on social media and apologize for it they'll get slated but at the same time if they don't say anything they might get slated it's it's, it's very tricky because I think a lot of our players do have you know a decent relationship with the fans i saw um sanchez at the end of the game yesterday going down to the um i think it was the west and the you know signing some things and getting some pictures and i love to see that sort of thing and i think that does make you want to support them because you can see that they're well they seem to be nice people and you want them to do well um but i don't know how to how they can get i was going to say put the ball in the back of the net but then you said off the pitch so I don't really know. That would help, obviously. Yeah. That would help. <laughs> I think one, one thing that's got me thinking recently is, uh, I'm not sure if I'm making this up. I think I'm not. I think Trossard came out um, in an interview and said, you know, if the right move was there, then I'd then I'd go with the money was there. And yeah, I did read that somewhere. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, Bissouma's making that difficult as well. Um, how much of this, you know, in the past, we never really had a problem with stuff like this, you know, if people were, were going to leave, it's normally done under wraps. But how much of this can be put down to the fact that now we're in the Premier League, now we've got big names, they're coming out and they're, they're saying this publicly, maybe to get a few more clicks or to get a few more clubs interested in them, put themselves in the shop window a bit more. I mean, Aaron, if you're, if you're able to talk, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this because I think that you're quite 
uh, switched on with transfers and stuff. And, and as a football player yourself, I know that you're probably thinking from a different mindset. So, Aaron, if, if you're free to talk, I'd love to hear your opinion on that. Um, I think you hit the nail on the head at one point is they're doing these interviews to get to basically say, oh, you know, I'm willing to listen to offers and teams will pick up and go, oh, okay, he's willing to move on. I think it doesn't help. <coughs> but uh, at the end of the day, it's only natural, really. I think as footballers, they want to progress. And does Trossard see us as a stepping stone? Maybe. But has his performances warranted a move to a bigger club? Probably not. And I think that's where the issue issue is, is he going to do a sideways move? Is he going to go abroad? There was talks of Barcelona in the summer. Will that happen last summer? Will that happen again? I very much doubt it. But transfer rumours at this time of the year, especially towards the end of the season, it's all hearsay. But the talks of obviously him wanting to move on, Rumours that Basuma wants to move on. The rumours that Sanchez put a transfer request in is one I saw yesterday. <coughs> I saw that on Twitter and I found that very interesting. Apparently off to Newcastle was £20 million. Pounds. I nearly passed out with laughter. Because why do Newcastle want to be so bad? It's an absolute joke. Um, and obviously he won't go there because he has ambitions that she, you know, if he leaves, he'll go to, go to one of the big three in Spain. He won't stay in England. Um, it doesn't it doesn't help because then you get the lads chatting in the change rooms and they don't know who to trust. It's just a bit it can get quite messy. Like luckily at, at my level, we we don't really have many transfers. We're lucky in that sense. We have to worry about you know <coughs> people bitching behind their backs and slating other people. It just doesn't happen at, uh, at Forest Row. Um, but yeah, it doesn't doesn't help the situation. But picking up on the question you just you asked Chloe earlier with the off field, off the field stuff, there isn't anything they can do off the field. You you can be absolute arseholes off the field all you want, but if you're picking up wins and points, I don't really care. <coughs> In my opinion, and that might be me being a bit horrible, but I'd rather pick up you know goals or score goals and pick up points than all our players in happy and <coughs> happy and all that sort of stuff towards obviously don't get me wrong I've been at that age when I've you know been getting autographs from players when I was a kid and stuff like meeting like meeting your heroes like I loved it don't get me wrong and then you've got the cynical side of me I was like yeah but you know back then we were winning and scoring goals you know yeah just I'm just yeah yeah it's it's the thing is we come on the podcast it feels like every week we talk about the same topics and we get the same answers and I think you know it's really really tough um going through a period like this I mean and we've spoken about before how much it affects you know people's mental health We, we talk in chat you know after we lose a game, all of us feel very dejected. I think I can see an Aaron at the moment that he's very dejected with the football club as well. I'm trying to keep my head screwed on a little bit today as, as, as trying to step up to the host, but I completely see it. Toby, okay. I, I would like to sort of deflect some of these things back on you because I don't feel like you've you've answered these yourself. 
so so what do you what do you think is the answer going forward like you know what what do we need to do do you think uh well first things first talk about the off the pitch stuff i really think we need to try and get a wrap on this um players saying oh yeah i'm open to moves like come and sign me sort of thing i think we need to try and you know you could do that things but do those things but do them privately you know the the more you make it public the more i don't like you at the end of the day there's sometimes i i like trossard scores and i'm not i'm like i obviously like the fact that brighton scored and i am asked but it's not the same as when Dunk scores. When Dunk scores, I'm like, yes, yes, that's that's my boy. That's that's him. You know, I have an emotional connection to Dunk. I have an emotional connection to a lot of the players. March, uh, you know, that uh, Sanchez even, I think, he, he showed that he cared, you know, at Palace when he was, like, giving it some... I think the way that the club and the way that football in general is going is that we're losing that emotional connection, especially the higher up you get and just getting people that are there for their paycheck and that's it. And it, it feels like we, I'm just not getting the same connection to football that I used to. I feel very disillusioned with it. I, I think the way forward is to... It's, it's the modernisation of football. I think the way forward is to try and stop as much of this modernisation as possible, try and stop the money. I don't think this is just a Brighton issue. I think this is a, a worldwide issue, to be honest. Um, I don't like the fact that fans aren't going because there's a game at 8pm on Boxing Day. I didn't go to that. Cause, Which you know, is ridiculous. So, so ridiculous that happened. I, I mean, that, that hasn't helped. It, I think it just shows more true colours of just money being the, the main motivation behind all of the players and all of the club's goals. Um, but at the same time, you want to see your club do well. I see the debate on Twitter all the time. You know, let's go back down to the championship. That was more fun. And I, I said yesterday, you know, I enjoyed the championship so much more because, you know, you get a Saturday every other week, Saturday 3pm, or it was a Tuesday 7.45, and that never changed. Me and my granddad would have that routine. We'd go to the game. We'd share that emotional bond with the players. It would just be, you know, it would just be a good time now you're looking at the fixtures you're like oh this one's wednesday at eight o'clock this one's sunday at 4 30 this one's sunday at 12 30 and, and it's like you're constantly juggling your plans around the football club and it's at, at what point does the football club's success outweigh your emotional connection and enjoyment to it and i i really do feel disillusioned with it at the moment and unfortunately i don't think there is really any answer to it uh, other than bring up more homegrown talents that c- care about the football club, because Dunkey is literally the, the the pillar of light that I get from watching this football club at the moment, and March, I'd say, as well. And Dunkey was fantastic yesterday. Really, really good. Looked like he was back on form. Yeah, I thought I thought I think there was one tackle where he slid and the guy and Pukey got past him. But I think other than that, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, I'm sorry to bring a real real big downer to it, but I just think it's the modernisation of football that I'm sort of losing my love with it. And I, I, do you know what? I'm excited to to go and watch more non-league next season, maybe recapture some of that love. Um, in terms of what Brighton can do, uh, show real commitment in the window. Bring in a striker. I know we've got Undav coming in, Mitoma potentially coming back, Kozlovski, but show real commitment and go and get one more, just just a proven striker. I don't. I'm not talking get Danny Ings, but someone like Danny Ings, you know, someone that can score, 
I don't think we'd want to pay him that much, but just show some commitment and don't don't tell the fans to have a history lesson, as Graham Potter said during this season. I think that's that's just degrading to Brighton fans that, that go there every week, that expect a certain level of commitment from the players that we just don't see every week. I'd say, you know, don't go and say, oh, we can't just sign a big money striker. We'll just train the ones we've got and then them not score all season because that's clearly not working. And it, it's, it's, I do feel like the club sort of looked down on the fans. I think, honestly, if they, if they had the right TV money to play at Wednesday 4am so that it's suitable for, a, for a, Australian TV, that's just an example, then I think they would have no issue having the ground completely empty if they got the money for it. Honestly, I I feel like they just really do not care. And at the end of the day, I do feel like a customer and not a fan this season. And I think that's part of the reason why the atmosphere is so bad. The atmosphere is so bad, which makes the performances worse at home. Um, I'm sorry, I'm rambling on a bit about things that are probably much deeper than than what nil-nil against Norwich actually is. But that's my personal opinion on the way the football club's going. I, I don't know, how, how do you feel, Chloe? Um, yeah, I definitely do see what you're saying. Um, it, yeah, it just a, seems to be a big thing in football. And when you do look at a lot of the teams, it's like, how are we ever supposed to compete with them? Because they just spend and spend and spend. It's like if we spend big money on a striker, it has to work out. Otherwise, we could be like put out quite a bit. If they spend big money on a striker, I mean, look at Grealish. He hasn't done that much this season. You know, he's added a bit of depth. Um, but other than that, he's not set the world alight. And they paid a hundred million for him. It's like we spend thirty million on a player and it doesn't work. We're screwed. It's so it's it is complicated. Um. And I, I don't like it. I don't like... Um, and it's like fair play is just a joke, really. Um, there isn't any sort of fair play, let's be honest. It's, it's the richest of the, of the best. And I don't know... I, you do see it at Brighton as well, um, the sort of... Just the petty things, you know. No bag bigger than A4. And you're not allowed bottle lids. And it's like these little things that it's just... You know, really, it's just so you spend more money there. You can't bring in a drink, so you end up buying one in there. And you can't bring in any food, so you end up buying stuff. It's like with evening games, my dad used to sometimes come straight from work and we'd have a flask full of something that he could eat so he could actually get dinner. And it's like now we have to get dinner at the ground. And, you know, it's pretty limited options. Um, and yeah, it, it does it does feel like they don't really care about you sometimes. Um I'm sure I'm not sure if they'd accept an empty stadium because then they can sell you stuff. That is the only thing. They probably do get a bit of money from um like catering and merchandise sales and um but I don't know. It it does feel like the money does rule football now really. That is what and you know Tony Bloom is a is a fan, no doubt about. It. He's a great owner, but you know he's a businessman as well. So um, yeah, we are a business, really. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I was going to say that I wouldn't trade Tony Bloom for anyone in the world. You can you can turn down the Newcastle owners, you can turn down the City owners. I wouldn't trade Tony Bloom for any of them. Being led by a fan. Is, is a unique experience where there is a certain emotional connection where he's only going to want the best for that, not not necessarily profit, 
but obviously profit as well. I know I think we've just announced losses, but I don't know if that's including the Ben White transfer or something like that and the Dan Byrne transfer. But, um, you know, he, he it's a unique experience, one that I wouldn't trade for anyone, as I say. But is that the point where we can't improve unless we do have Newcastle's type of owners? Because, it, as you say, I think money does rule. I think the other point towards what you were saying about being at the ground is you can't give your ticket to a Brighton fan mate anymore. You've got to sell it or you've got to, they've got to spend a £7 monthly fee, then a £25 access fee, and then the 20 quid or whatever it is for the ticket. You know, It's a pain in the arse, to be honest, to get a ticket. Um, when all I want to do, if I can't make the game, which I haven't been able to make the last two before this, um, Liverpool and Tottenham, all I want to do is give that to one of my Brighton fan mates that I know will be singing just as loud as I do when I'm there. And then that, that improves the atmosphere as well. Um, yeah, it's really, really, really hard to be a Brighton fan at the moment because you feel what's right is that Tony Bloom's in charge and that we love the players, that we don't criticise them all the time and we don't get on their backs. But they make it so easy to just... So easy to... I don't want to say dislike them, but they make it so easy. Like Trossard has made it so easy for me to just not not care about him. Like if he if if we can get twenty five million from in the window, I'd take it. I'd just be like, yeah, just just get someone in that cares. Um, By the way, what's the source for that Trossard thing? Do you know where that came from? Not it was certain. in the Argus, wasn't it? I thought it was in the Argus. I don't know if they got it from another source, but I did see it in the Argus. It's just because I've not read it anywhere else. I just wasn't sure if it was actually a real thing or not. To... Yeah, yeah, um, or even just to, you know, if it wasn't real, just just come out and squash that and just put on Twitter, you know, I love Brighton, I don't want to leave right now. Or if it, if it is real, just come out and say, I'm going to try my hardest for Brighton. I, I, I really like the club, I really like the city, I'm going to try my hardest while I'm here, but if you guys have given me the platform to show what I can do to move on to bigger things, thank you so much. And even then I'd be like, yeah, that's that's what they can do off the pitch to make me believe in them again uh but yeah it's, it's really hard to, to you know I'm, I'm very dejected at the moment a, a couple of bad results can do this to you but i'm sure if we won the next eight games i'd be like you know party poppers out got some kazoos in my mouth you know like swinging around mate things. if we beat arsenal that would be men- mental that'd be mad uh, unfortunately uh we'll come on to the predictions but unfortunately i think arsenal tottenham both in good fairly good form at the moment and then moving on you've got United who are still trying to fight for top four but probably not going to get it um Southampton I think are in a pretty good form Wolves pretty good form West Ham they're up there this season so it's it's, it's a tough remaining few fixtures um so I want to try and move away now from all of this all of this depressing stuff that we're talking about the modernization of football I really feel like we've gone off on a tangent that um perhaps isn't the easiest of things to listen to, but things that I do believe need to be said. Um, you know, I'd love it if if someone from the club had, could hear what we have had to say about it and, and know exactly how we feel and why we feel that way towards the club. Maybe they, they can improve the atmosphere by quashing these things. Um, but let's move on now, looking to the future, looking for more positive, um, more positive things. Uh, let's talk about Arsenal, shall we? I think that's the next game. Uh, let's get your prediction first, then, Curtis. One-one. I believe I, I, I again, positivity is key. Uh, no, I, I, yeah, I just think we usually play quite well against Arsenal. Um, 
Yeah, but yeah, one one. Yeah, I've been somewhat confident. So yeah. And um, Chloe. Yeah, I I just I'm gonna agree with that. Um, I think Mope's performance against um, Norwich reminded me a lot of his against Leeds, and I believe the next game after that was West Ham, where he scored an absolute worldie. So um, another London club, another away game. Got Mope's going to score a worldie. You heard it here first. And I would absolutely love to see that. Um... Just, just a, like a really clean, like volley into the top corner or something would be lovely. Um, unfortunately, I'm not. <laughs> you know, I said positivity, looking to the future. Here comes the pessimist. <laughs> um, listen, Arsenal are on a really good run of form. I really like their way, the way they're playing at the moment. I'm really happy for Ben White. Obviously, coming from our academy, he's never had a bad, bad word to say about us in, in interviews and whatnot. Um, he's another player, again, that I have that emotional connection to through football. Um, one that I really hope to see do well throughout his career. I really hope he gets into the England squad and smashes it again. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Arsenal, really good run of form. I think they're going to get back into the top four for the first time in a while. I do believe that Arsenal are going to beat us, but hopefully we can put up a spirited performance, maybe even score a goal. So I'm going to go with 2-1. <laughs> and just say that Arsenal get a really lucky VAR penalty in the dying moments of the game and and we can be proud of our performance for, for the rest of it. <laughs> um, I'm going to move on to something that Joe has asked me to say uh, now. I haven't actually had time to read it because he has just put it to me now, so I haven't read it yet, but I'll read it out word for word as he's asked me to. Um, so this is coming from, from Joe himself. Uh, he, I've not said this in a while, uh, because I've always been afraid of offending someone or saying something the wrong way, which will then come back to bite me on the arse. Uh, but it's something that needs to, yet again, be addressed. It may seem a little hypocritical because I'm using the platforms that I'm moaning about all the time. On social media this week, leading up to the game, all I've seen is people doubt the player's commitment, doubt the player's happiness, just from 30 seconds of footage, or a few pictures of which apparently they're not smiling. But I found at least 10 images of players smiling over the last few months. The club, the club then put out a tweet saying the game is sold out and all you get is people laughing at it, again doubting it and fueling more negativity, which will no doubt have an effect on people's mentality. I've seen people asking, is anyone actually excited to go to the Amex? Really, it's the mentality that is ruining the atmosphere at the Amex, along with a few other factors, as we've discussed. But I think it's about time people take a step back and realise how bloody lucky they are to be in a position to be able to go to a football match. Because I'm sure there's plenty of people that would do anything to be in their position. And it, it's too true, Joe. Um, it's too true. You know, I, I do feel like I'm, as I've tried to say, I'm, I'm a bit, I'm a bit, I don't know how, I don't know what the word is, but I feel bad that I don't enjoy my time there as much as I should. You know, I said to my granddad, you know, this could be our last few games at the Amex because unfortunately we are having to cancel our season ticket this year. I'm, I have told you before in the chat, I'm not sure if anyone knew on here or not. Um, but, you know, let's let's try and enjoy it. No matter what the results are, let's just go sing, try and enjoy it, spend, you know, we're still going to go to Lansing and Worthing games, the non-leagues, um, while they're at home because my granddad can't really travel too far and whatnot. So, we are still going to try and do that. And we'll obviously still watch Brighton on TV, still be big fans. Um, but, you know, I really want to try and enjoy that because um, it could be my last time, you know, maybe for another 10 years or something when I'll maybe consider coming back. 
Um, who knows what will happen in 10 years? But yeah, I think it is it is tough to see that on social media. And maybe social media is what has influenced my decision this year to to cancel. You never know. It might have because I might have been able to, you know, find money from elsewhere or whatever and try and try and get it back if if it was the case that that I still believed and still found enjoyment at the game. But I just think, as I say, it's been so hostile this year that I can't find that enjoyment. And I, I totally agree, Joe, and I, I do hope that um that that does change around soon uh, and, and that people start enjoying their time again. I mean, I know, Curtis, for you, this season, it's been your first two games. I doubt that you you had that inkling in your head that you weren't going to enjoy it. Well, how, how are you feeling before you went to the game? Well, I think I'm in the minority, right? R- regardless of results, every time I see us play, if that's on the TV or the past couple of times I've been at the stadium, I'm always so excited for it, right? R- regardless, right? Um you know, like yet yesterday, I was just I was just excited. I was just so excited. And something me and Joe were talking about yesterday, to, to reference something you were just talking about, is we see these thirty second clips of them, and then we see them for ninety minutes on a pitch, right? That's that's all we see of them, right? Uh, and we're judging we're judging how they feel on that, you know. And we see we see uh, oh, you know, Basuma didn't. Uh, clap the fans or whatever. But also, uh, what you wouldn't have seen yesterday is he was posing for pictures with a load of kids uh, at, what, uh, at the training and stuff like that. And at the end, you saw Tarek uh, give his shirt to a, to a young kid and you saw Mark Kukrea do that too. You won't see the positives. That This is the big issue I have with social media. They like to push the negatives so much that the neg- the, the positives just get pushed to the very back of the line. And it's very, very sad to see. So I think we as sort of a, a footballing community need to make much more of an effort to push the positives. I think that's one thing uh, that, you know, on the back of Joe's message there, Joe, Joe does really, really well, I think. Um, it's a shame to see, and I hope that, you know, if someone's listening to this that has given Joe backlash on Twitter, uh, particularly on the Albion Obsessed account, but also on his personal account, um, if you're if you're giving someone backlash for pushing the positives or or pushing questions, you know you've got to sort of grow up and realise that debate is a great thing. Um, first of all, don't don't you know if someone makes an opinion on Twitter, don't just go for their neck. You know, spark a debate. Let's have a conversation. That's how the most intelligent minds get through to each other. Do you know what I mean? They have a conversation. They have a debate. Um, but you know, don't make it personal about anything as well and 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 please just acknowledge that positive things do happen as well uh, it's so i know we were very pessimistic today because of the result yesterday but we we have to talk about the game we have to talk about our feelings towards the game but our feelings in general are is that we generally love football we generally love brighton do you know what i mean it, it's 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 not something that we just change so yeah, let's spark some positivity. If if you see something positive, if you're out and about and you see a player and they give you a handshake or give you a hug or or take a picture with you or sign something for you, spread it and spread the, the joy that they brought to you, you know, because if they're not bringing us joy on the pitch, show what they are doing to bring us joy. Show, show that they are smiling, show that they are having a good time, that they are they do care about the club. Because, you know, as I say, I, I, maybe I'm disillusioned with it and I'm not seeing it at the moment, but yeah, 
I think you're absolutely right there, there, Curtis. Um, looking forward to uh, to Arsenal then as well. Um, I'm sure we'll have another pod after it discussing the game. Um, but let's let's start this dialogue now. I'm really excited for that game. I am really excited. I think um, Arsenal is a great place to go. We've got some fond memories there. Um, Chloe, are you, are you going to that one? Uh, yeah, I am. Um, dreading trying to get up there on the train, but um, hopefully that will go smoothly. And I'm, you know, I'm quite excited to go to another away game. I always feel more excited um, for away games. I think I've been quite lucky in that our away. F- I think people who do only go at home don't necessarily see the best of us. Um, we've been a lot better away from home this season, particularly. Um, so yeah, I, I always feel like you know what, well, maybe we can get a result, and if we die, even if we don't, you know, I've had some good days out, even when we've drawn, or even a couple of games where we've lost, it's still been like a decent day out. Um, and I think, I think maybe that is part of the reason why the atmosphere is a bit better in um, away games because there's less pressure. Again, talking about pressure, um, you don't feel like, oh, we must win. Even um, that's well. You probably expect to get something against, say, Norwich, but you don't feel at home against a poor cup club. It's like we have to win this. But I think there's not that same pressure at away games. Um, so you can just relax, you know. I think a few people like to have a few drinks and just enjoy the enjoy the game. I think I don't want to sound like I don't care about the results because obviously I do, but I think sometimes you just need to just enjoy it for what it is and have a bit of fun. I sound so like airy and here, but I just, yeah, I just like going to games and just enjoying it. Even if we don't get the results, it's, I think, I think you can do that. You don't have to, I don't know. I'm rambling now. I, I Listen, I agree with what Chloe was saying. I feel like sometimes we, we, we forget that it's just a game where you kick a ball about. Uh, and listen, I know that. I, listen, I don't want to disparage anything. I love the club to pieces, and I want us to achieve everything, and I want us to win all the cups and all the games and everything. Don't get me wrong, right? But I feel like sometimes some people become so violently in tune with this football culture that 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 they forget that some people are there just to enjoy the experience of being there, and they just you know. It, it just it baffles me sometimes. Baffles me like like yesterday I mean, when me and Joe was were sat there. You should have heard some of the some of the stuff that was being, that was being shouted at the players. It was ridiculous. All right, well here's what I'm going to do: try and instill a bit of positivity into our community, even if we only capture the very small piece of the pie that is Brighton fans. Um, Joe, if if you can clip this part, maybe this would be good for Twitter. This part. Um, Let's let's set a challenge. Let's set a challenge. I'm not sure if you you guys uh, uh, will agree with me or not. Um, if you see someone say something on Twitter that you disagree with in terms of an opinion, obviously not anything that's you know like racist or, or homophobic or anything that's pre- pre- prejudiced in any way. I'm talking about general just football opinions. Instead of going at their throat or, or taking the mick out of them, try this. Just say you know. And, and at us when you do this as well, that would be that would be good to to have our at in there. At I'll, I'll being obsessed. Um, if you if you go in and you say I respect your opinion 
on the matter, but here's why I disagree. And give your, you know, just the, the two-sentence thing of why you disagree. And then just, you know, hashtag positivity or something. Just, just hashtag positive talks or positive discussion. Let's try and see if we can get, you know, if, if this is the only thing that you hear today on Twitter, let's try and get positive discussions going. You know, even if it is talking about the things that need to be talked about, about why we are not playing well at the moment, just give your positive discussion on it. You know, maybe the, there's something going on behind the scenes or something, but just, just make sure you're not going at each other's throats. Let's try and build a more positive community around the Albion because it is very toxic out there on Twitter at the moment. And I've seen a lot of people either deactivate or go private. That shouldn't be how it is. Let, let's, let's start some positive discussions, people. Um but that's, that's my challenge to you. And make sure you're at Albion Obsessed. We want to see it. We want to see people taking the first steps. You know, I respect your opinion. Here is my opinion on it. And then and then just, just go from there. If, if we all start doing that, if we all start doing things like that, maybe we'll have some proper discussions. Um, and yeah, maybe it won't be so toxic out there. I'm not sure, Curtis, I'm not sure if there's anything that, that I've missed out from what that could be as a challenge in terms of... Well, I was going to say also something you could do is below in the comments, post to us a positive a positive thing that you've seen or done at a football game. And that doesn't necessarily have to be, necessarily have to be three points, you know, a, a win or whatever. Just, you know, some wholesome stuff you've seen or whatever. Spread it in the comments below. That'd be quite nice to see. Yeah, Joe, if, if we can, like I say, if we can get this as a little two-minute clip, get it on the Twitter, below this tweet, just, just yeah, spread spread some positivity. What have you seen at a football game that is positive? And let, let's and hopefully it's about Brighton. But you know, if there's fans from other clubs that watch us, get involved. You know, Little Hampton just yesterday. Congratulations to them. They've made it to Wembley, the FA Vars uh, final. So you know, really, really um, happy for them. That's my positive, my positive thing from yesterday. I was really happy to see a local non-league side, uh, even though it's not my side. Really happy to see them get there. Um, but I think on that note of positivity, I think I am going to sort of wrap it up there because we went off on so many tangents today. I feel like I've messed up with so many different things that I've spoken about. We've gone round and round in circles. Um, but I really hope that this episode has just shown, you know, how dejected football can get you and how to get back on side with that positivity because I feel like we got back on track Absolutely. once we started talking about the positive stuff. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much to Aaron, uh, Curtis, and Chloe for joining today. I'm sorry that Aaron had to go halfway through. I do hope he is feeling better soon. I think a uh, mixture of uh, his Wi-Fi playing up and the COVID has not hit him well. Um, yes, well, get, get well soon, uh, Tom as well, obviously. So yes, yeah, that's what I was about to say. Well wishes to Tom, who is who's also struggling. I don't think it's COVID, luckily, but he's also struggling with it, maybe about a cold or something. Um, so, yeah, we, we really hope to see some more comments below. And uh, thank you very much for listening. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next time.